Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Done Playing by the Rules. I'm Jenna. And I'm Janelle. And today we have a super extra special guest that I'm so excited about. I almost did the whole podcast before we started recording because I'm so excited to talk to her. We have Whitney. And Whitney, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and what you specialize in and telling us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I am Whitney Crouch. I am an integrative registered dietitian. So I practice nutrition from a holistic point of view, looking for the root cause of problems. I specialize in women's health, specifically women with thyroid conditions, mostly Hashimoto's, sometimes other ones. I came to this specialization because I also have Hashimoto's and it's been quite the journey, but it's been um, really fulfilling finding my passion and helping women get to the other side of this condition and feel amazing again. It's such an amazing thing. And we uh, we were talking about this before we hit record, and that's why we had to stop ourselves. But there are so many women that I talk to on a regular basis that reach out either via the podcast or just personal friends because they know that I have done a lot of hormone work. And they say like, this, this, and this is happening to me. And I'm like, you need to get your thyroid checked. And they're like, but my doctor Mm -hmm. says my thyroid's fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to get like your real thyroid checked because (laughs) I don't think a lot of women realize like there's the thyroid check you maybe get with your physical. And then there's like the four pronged thyroid test. And then it like splits off from there again. And so, and so can you tell us a little bit, and if you don't feel comfortable discussing your own medical history, we can totally blaze over that because we respect that fully. But How did you come to discover your Hashimoto's diagnosis? Yeah, I don't mind sharing at all. Um, So I had it prior to diagnosis, I'm sure for many years, as one of my doctors pointed out, who a a good doctor who it took me a long time to find, (laughs) (laughs) but all part of that story and journey. um, I was diagnosed six months after having my first Mm -hmm. child, and um, it was basically because I was like last ditch effort. I think I'm either dying or I'm a horrible mother. So I don't know what's going on here, but my son was also really sick for the first, essentially 18 months, two years of his life, nothing life-threatening, but to the point where um, we were in and out of the hospital or doctor's appointments a lot, and he didn't sleep for more than 30 minutes for probably Mm. the first six months of his life. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me, I'm sure. But through the first six months of his life, not him not sleeping, he had really bad reflux and food allergies, a lot of gut problems. He was projectile vomiting. He was screaming all the time. Like my mm-hmm. stress response was out of control. Yeah. And I just like, I, I would almost pass out carrying him to the point where I was like, okay, like this is scary. I had such bad anxiety. I couldn't leave the house. And I didn't realize that it was my husband who was like, You know, like you got to get outside today. You got to do something. You're not working. Like you can't even see it through the fog of your brain. Yeah. It's like there's a wall up and the real world is behind it. And you're just in such a trance that you can't even see that you're abnormally behaving. Yeah. And I was losing my breast milk supply. I had hoped to breastfeed 
Um, and, and I was fighting that too. Like, there's no way my body knows what it's doing. I don't need to supplement. My husband's like, he's starving. Like he's Mm -hmm. screaming, he's starving. And I was like, I'm doing all the things. It's fine. I just need to drink this, this like herbal tincture. I need to eat these cookies. I need to eat more oats. Like I'm not hydrated. Get me a Yeti. Yes, I've done all these. (laughs) All of the things. And then um, it was, it was to the point where I was almost passing out when I was carrying down the stairs. I was having to get up in the middle of the night and I couldn't get him out of the crib without like falling to the ground and holding onto the crib. And I was like, okay, this is crazy. And I was so thin, which is the opposite of what a lot of people think of when they think of hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was like, you could see every bone in my body. You could see the veins and the muscles. And that was, you know, just a few months postpartum. And what I came to learn later was that it was because my thyroid was being destroyed and I was dumping thyroid hormones into my body at an uncontrolled rate. And I was losing weight because I was hyperthyroid. I was in a mm-hmm. uh, postpartum thyroiditis. Okay. So you flare hyper when you're in an active Interesting. I've never heard of this. thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. That's a major sign of Hashimoto's um, when it's flaring or when it's a really bad destructive phase. So I'm finally promised myself I would find a doctor six months postpartum. It was the beginning of uh, January of that year after he was born. And I got into a doctor who wasn't quite functional, but she wanted to be. So <laughs> so she was learning and I just really lucked out that she drew more than a TSH. Yes. Like she was like, yeah, you need to come in. You know, you're, you're either really sick or there's been a lab error. Mm-hmm. and I went in and yeah. And he was like, so the interesting thing was I actually had a friend who had it and I didn't, I still didn't know much about it, but I looked at my labs on quest, you know, sometimes they, they populate before your doctor calls you. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I've got this thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, right when the doctor called me, I was like, yeah, I know what I have. Like, yeah, I got it. Come in and talk about it. But we went back to the lab, we drew the the labs again, and they were the same. And my TSH was 128. Um, Lab range is below (laughs) 3.5. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And my antibodies were off the scale. The lab couldn't measure them. So I was pretty sick. And that was my diagnosis. And I went from there. So it was, yeah, I I had no hair left. It was all falling out. My skin was dry. Mm -hmm. My eyes were puffy. My body was real thin. I was just a mess. No GI symptoms. Lots of people have that. I had no warning. That is really interesting. Do you have a family history of any thyroid issues? So I have a personal history that I didn't know at the time and a family (laughs) history. Uh, My mom it does have Hashimoto's, but we didn't know it at the time because with her age demographic, it wasn't well known. It wasn't mm-hmm. tested for. And so once you're diagnosed with hypothyroidism, you're rarely tested for Hashimoto's. Your mm-hmm. antibodies are not drawn. So it didn't click and it was never made a thing because no diet and lifestyle factors were ever brought into her story. It was just mm-hmm. take the pill. Yeah. Yeah. So I was put on levothyroxine my second trimester because I asked the doctor at the end of that visit, like, oh, by the way, I don't feel like I have this magical second trimester energy. Like, yeah. what's, what, what gives? 
and they ran just the TSH and saw that my numbers were a little off and they never tested TPO antibodies to be able to tell me that I had an autoimmune condition. And the doctor also said, just go off your meds six weeks postpartum. You'll be fine. Mm. Just go, never retested. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> never retested. No questions about it ever again. And I didn't know enough, which is why I am so passionate about educating and having people advocate and advocating for them and telling them how to have conversations with their doctor. And if their doctor doesn't, you know, respond well, what to do then? Okay. Yeah. That's what, like all of my questions too, is because that's kind of my um, old OBGYN who I left in Richmond was the one that has brought this up to me and asked my new doctor here to do the TPO. And so we should probably clarify because let's assume, okay, let's start at the beginning. What is hyper versus hypothyroidism? And what is the definition of Hashimoto's in that umbrella for anyone that is just like brand new? What is a thyroid? So the thyroid is a gland in your neck, mm-hmm. um, kind of like below the Adam's apple area, and it communicates with parts of your brain and then the rest of your body. It it has hormones that it releases, and essentially every cell in your body needs those hormones. So if you don't have enough hormones, you're hypothyroid. If you have too much, you're hyperthyroid. Um, hypothyroid when it's an autoimmune disease is Hashimoto's hyperthyroid when it's an autoimmune disease is Graves disease. I didn't know. Oh, I did not know that either. I was just talking to someone Mm -hmm. with Graves disease yesterday, I believe. And I didn't even know there was a connection there. Mm -hmm. And here's the question, um, for the hyper and the hypo, can you throughout your life, flip-flop between the two at all? Okay. So when, once you have an autoimmune disease, you have it forever. Okay. So you can be in remission, but you will always have it. And so that means even if you're in remission, you can come out of remission. Okay. However, Hashimoto's, you can swing both ways Okay. during different times of if there's an attack, if you're having a flare, if something like traumatic happens that causes your body to freak out and you can have both Graves and Hashimoto's. Oh, wow. Wow. Jenna and I are now like, oh, I'm going to be up all night researching all this because this is like so. Okay. And that's something that else that we talked about was um, I'm seeing a lot posted in terms of postpartum. So this is something that we're talking a lot about women and I think affects women more typically. But I'm also seeing that it's affecting women postpartum or post-trauma event. Is that something that you're seeing as well? Yes, it's very common that it is triggered around times of hormonal fluctuations and stress. So puberty, pregnancy, and menopause. Interesting, because I've always assumed it was just menopause. And now Mm -hmm. I learned a month ago that it was pregnancy. And now I'm like, that's interesting to know puberty. So women our age that are watching their daughters come into puberty need to also be aware. So those three changes are something to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes. And get your children, your girls, especially, but your boys too, because it can be in boys tested um, around puberty for their antibodies. So <sighs> keep an eye on it. Yeah. There and are some early, there, sorry, go ahead. That's what I was going to ask. Are there some like telltale, this is thyroid signs? Um, so it's kind of hard with, if you're talking about puberty, because mm-hmm. so much is going on. 
So I would say test, don't guess. There are no really good ways that you wouldn't be confused anyway. The most obvious could be losing their hair and having really dry skin because other things, you know, weight fluctuations are common and mood swings are Mm. common. Um, But if there's like really low energy and um, just seemingly disconnected, like not really caring, then that could be part of it because there's such a, a brain connection. Okay. But obviously assess everything. But obviously, all those can also just be attributed to being a teenager. However, and I mean, this is something that runs down genetic lines, too. So if your teenager is my children who become thyroid straight down the whole family tree, that is something to keep in mind when they hit puberty if I start to notice really vivid markers for this. Absolutely. Yes. Get your kids tested at that point if that's a concern. If you're seeing, I mean, why not? It's just right. a blood test. Like, but see, old this is the other thing. Age. Yeah, let's talk about this though, because I have so many people reach out to me, and I'm not educated enough to speak to this. So when I started my journey, and so my journey in a in a nutshell was one day I was laying on the floor with my kids, and my husband was like, "Okay, well, let's go down," and I was like. Josh, I feel like I can't get off the floor. And I was laying with both of them. I remember I was in my house in Richmond, Virginia, and I was so moody and I was so tired and I was sleeping like 12 hours plus like a three-hour nap and I felt like I physically couldn't peel my body off the floor. So when I went in, I actually went to – my husband was like, well, I'm getting testosterone from – he was getting testosterone for something from a hormone clinic and he was like, come in and get your hormones checked. And so they do like a – nitty gritty down to every molecule hormone check. But I'd had my TSH checked at my doctor a million times and they found nothing. And because my hair fell out a lot when I was young and like different things. And so I'd had, and we have thyroid issues in my family. My sister has really aggressive um, thyroid issues and Nothing ever showed up on my TSH, but when I went to this hormone doctor, she was like, oh my goodness, like you, whatever the four are that they tested there. And so then I brought it up again to my OB on my last appointment and he was like, you have a family history. You're still struggling. You're still cold all the time. You're still having mood swings. He's like, I want you to get tested for Hashimoto's. And I was like, I've literally never, isn't that like a goiter on your neck? And he was like, I mean, it can be, but like, that's very simplified. Will you explain to us, starting with like, pretend it's a Christmas tree. So for people that aren't watching, so starting with TSH, which is kind of the star on top, which your doctor will do at your yearly exam, then what does it sprout down to, which is going to get you better answers and then explain kind of how you get into the TPO antigen testing area. Right. So the TSH is the most commonly drawn uh, marker and it just says yes or no, but it says yes or no with an asterisk because, <laughs> well, first of all, it's a very slow reaction. Like it's yeah. it's a feedback hormone, so it's a feedback loop, and it's responding to different things going on in the body. It itself is not a measure of really what's going on. Okay. Um, so it's a screen, and then you have the the free and total T three and T four hormones. So they're both active, but the Free T3 is the most active. So you create T4 and then your body converts to T3. And T3 is what your cells want for energy. That's what they use to turn on different mechanisms. And when people take thyroid hormone replacement, it's typically T4. And then they have to convert it to T3 to use it. 
So that would be like your levothyroxine, your Synthroid. Um, and then you also have your reverse T3 and your TPO antibodies, which most doctors don't know what reverse T3 is and won't order it, even if you tell them. Yep. Unless they have any extra training. Um, the TPO antibodies and the TG antibodies are markers of autoimmunity. So more commonly, it's the TPO antibody that is positive. Yeah. and or more reactive, so more sensitive and more specific to the condition. But the TG antibody is also one of the markers. So you can okay. have no elevated TPO and a positive TG antibody and you still have Hashimoto's. Okay, that's okay. interesting because my order only calls for TPO and I think that's the step that doctors are getting more familiar with. So if my TPO, and I had read that t TPO could be inconclusive, you could still have Hashimoto's without the TPO coming back. And so that's something, we'll put this all up on the webpage or we'll direct you to Whitney's IG, which is like my favorite thing to read in the whole world <laughs> where we can, she can put what all of these are and what all of they mean so that you know what to go in because you really this is another one of those things that we preach on this podcast you have to advocate for yourself like you would for your kids in this situation because it's really something that doctors kind of love you doctors you're doing a great job you're medical heroes right now thank you for everything you're doing but it's just a kind of sign on the dotted line tsh and go about your day and if you feel like something is wrong and chronically wrong you're going to want to keep pursuing this to the lower and lower levels of testing mm -hmm. yeah and something i've heard that i don't know if maybe you could touch on is that i've heard that there's some people in especially the more natural community that believe that levels kind of vary person to person and so some people even that are borderline on these tests that say like, oh, everything's fine, but you're kind of like on the lower or higher end, depending on the test, they might feel side effects. Do you ever see that? Yes, all the time. So there, there's subclinical hypothyroidism, which means that it's kind of like, um, it's like starting to be more serious. There's something there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need medication. Okay. And the medication is hormone replacement therapy. It does mean that you should explore what the underlying cause is of your hypothyroidism. If you know that you have a family history, then okay. Like it's very likely that it's Hashimoto's or Graves, but that doesn't mean you stop there. It means that you keep digging. What were your triggers? What preceded mm. you feeling like crap? What preceded this flare or whatever it is that drove you to go to the doctor? Was it stress? Um, did you get food poisoning? Like, is your gut a mess? Uh, or have you been having really terrible sleep? Are you over exercising? Are you under eating? Uh, all these things matter and they, they come into play with what your trigger is. Um, are you having hormonal fluctuations from other things? Like we talked about pregnancy, puberty, menopause, uh, miscarriage. Are you having miscarriages? That's a sign and could be a cause. Interesting. I didn't if, know that either. Yes. It's um, a lot of women who are experiencing fertility issues actually have subclinical or what's called overt, which is obvious, like lab positive mm -hmm. hypothyroidism. So the other thing is that um, as we were talking about the lab ranges and what's normal and what's not. So there's the optimal range. And a lot of people go misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed because they fall into the lab range, yeah. but it's not appropriate for them. 
mm-hmm. because those lab ranges use people that actually weren't 100% healthy. That's how mm-hmm. the data that they used, not everyone was considered 100% healthy. They were subclinical, some of them. Mm-hmm. So then not only that, it's an, there's a difference between people who are um, unmedicated and medicated. Because okay. people who are actually on thyroid hormone replacement usually require a tighter range to feel good, like like usually between like 0.7 and two for their TSH. Whereas people that are not medicated, they like they could actually be feeling great at 3.5 or four yeah. okay. and not have any symptoms. So it is individualized, and people do have to pay attention. And you don't want to jump on thyroid hormone replacement without looking for a root cause, like if there's a gut issue. Or like if they, um, if they have had a recent miscarriage or something like that, looking to other things, are they detoxifying well? Do they mm-hmm. have a genetic polymorphism for like MTHFR? Um, there are so many reasons and they all spider web. Interesting. And what about like enlarged thyroid? Is that always an indication of something? Yeah, it can be an indication of infiltration to the thyroid, which is an attack because it's actually your white blood cells that attack in the thyroid. It's not your body attacking uh, like TPO, like the TPO doesn't attack. So so it's an enlargement there because there is an an infection and infiltration, which is where the itis comes from and thyroiditis, ITIS at the end of a word is inflammation, infection. And the other thing would be iodine deficiency. That's where the Mm -hmm. goiters come from that people like resonate with seeing in pictures of third world countries or, you know, that's why a lot of our food is now iodized. That was my next question was, um, okay, so we've seen, and so here's where I know I was put on, uh, NP thyroid. I'm on a pretty low dose, I believe, but it was kind of what you said. It was just like, your thyroid's not good. I also was diagnosed with estrogen dominance, which, um, has been talked about, which we can touch on again, if you want to talk about that. But I've talked to so many women about my estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance for me was discovered at the same time as my thyroid issue. And to sum it up was just, I wasn't producing testosterone and I wasn't producing progesterone. And so I needed to have all three of those addressed, but I've since been taken off testosterone and taken off progesterone because my body has like recovered that part. But my doctor has kept me on my thyroid because he says, well, until we have like more testing and it's not doing any harm, so let's just stay on it. But now I'm as I'm digging more and more into this, I'm seeing that there's a community that believes that um, diet and lifestyle changes can pull you away from medication. And obviously, this is not a health podcast. We are not here to tell you to disregard going to the doctor. But I am curious your thoughts or your experiences personal to you in regards to diet and lifestyle changes and medication. Do they both need to work together or can there be freedom from medication? Just for me specifically, let's say, because we're not going to give anyone here health advice because we don't know any of them. But using myself as an example, is there a way to move away from medication or do you always want to see them working with lifestyle and diet and de-stressing? Some people can get off of medication. It's about 20% of people. And That's it's good mostly okay. people. Yes, but it's mostly people who were caught when they were subclinical. Okay. So anyone who has had a lot of destruction, I'm not saying it's impossible because the science isn't there to say it's impossible, but um, it's not likely. And that makes me happy to hear because I feel like we are a podcast that preaches take your 
call your therapist, mm-hmm. take your meds. And I'm seeing a lot of this, like, and I always am wary of this, like, I can show you how to get off your medication because I feel like you're selling a golden ticket sometimes to people that shouldn't be accepting an exploitative golden ticket. And so I appreciate you saying like 20% maybe can get off if they're subclinical. So let's not just assume that you can buy into the like a certain thing and so-and-so is going to get you off of your medication because this is an autoimmune disease, just like we, we don't advocate getting off your depression medication and just changing your lifestyle. <laughs> right. Do all of the things as much as you can. Part yeah. of the lifestyle problems are it's the world that we live in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the environment and it's the expectation. So if you can live in a world where you don't have to be stressed ever and you get yes. amazing <laughs> sleep every night. Yeah. And, you know, you're just living your best life every single day and you don't have kids that throw you curveballs, then okay. Can I move into your house if you are that person too, please? Yeah, exactly. There's no pandemic, nothing. There's not a plague. Everything's fine. But I did, you did touch on iodine. So can you tell it? Because that is a hot buzzword in the thyroid community. Can you tell us a little bit about what the iodine connection is here? So there are different beliefs around this. Okay. <laughs> As you said, it's controversial. Um, it so it is so iodine is a mineral that our body needs. Yep. And especially if anyone is trying to conceive, like don't listen to anything that says you need zero iodine in your life because you're, it'll kill your thyroid. Well, that's not going to be good for your body and for your fetus. So yeah. continue to take prenatals with iodine. However, if you eat a diet that has a lot of processed foods and dairy, um, then you will potentially be getting too much iodine for your body. So some studies and um, doctors will say. So what someone can do is educate themselves around iodine and you know take out of their diet from sources that are not uh, nutrient-dense foods. So that means like if you can switch over to sea salt and check that it's a non-iodized one, but then you should probably still include other nutrient dense sources like seafood because there are different minerals in there that work synergistically to support your body and kind of block the high levels of iodine and still give you all of the other beneficial nutrients for your body and for your thyroid. So that's one thing where I kind of disagree with some people that really have a loud voice in the the watch your iodine community. <laughs> it's a big um, one. I couldn't believe how huge the anti-iodine community was when you start digging into the Hashimoto stuff. Yeah, I do recommend though not supplementing with it. There are some holistic um, practitioners who want people on like high dose iodine. I would absolutely never recommend that. And I do recommend testing. There is no great test is part of the problem. The best test is a 24 hour urinary iodine test and using it as a baseline and then retesting and just an N of one self experiment. See how you do, do your thyroid labs, do your 24 hour iodine, change your diet, get on a low iodine diet for let's say three months. And then go back and retest and see where you are then. See how you're feeling. Has anything changed with your symptoms? Do you need to reduce your dose? That's the best way to find out what's best for an individual. Okay. And then can you get too little iodine? Yes, you can get too little. It's people who are on a really um, 
whole food nutrient dense diet and are not eating seafood could have a problem. And that's another reason to test because if you are nutrient deficient or you're iodine deficient, that could play a role. So yeah, I started looking into my diet and I was like, I don't know if I'm getting any iodine because Jenna and I are both vegans. And I, Mm -hmm. so I started adding iodine salt to my smoothies just to like pick it up a little bit because I was like, there's a high probability I am getting little to no iodine in my diet because I was using sea salt, like pinking Malayan sea salt was all a buzz a few (laughs) years ago and I've stuck with it. Yeah. So I would suggest just taking a really deep dive into um, your diet intake, doing a food diary, doing, you know, using an app like chronometer or something like that to really assess what goes in and see if you're meeting your needs and see if there are any nutrient gaps, because that would be one way to know if you need to supplement or if you want to start adding back some foods to help, you know, regenerate and just supply your body with the whole foods version because there's so much more in the food than there is in the supplement. Yeah. Another thing I kept seeing was no spinach, no, um, what the hell? I can never say it. Carnivorous. Is that how you say it? Vegetables. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you need to blanch everything. And I was like, uh, there's a lot going on here. Like these seem like fad diets and I don't know that this is what we're <laughs> So she's shaking her head. Yes, these are fad diets. Do not subscribe to this mentality. It's misinformation. It's based on old science and the, yeah. the newer science hasn't caught up as with, you know, everything in the, the nutrition world. and medical yeah. world. Yes. So I absolutely advocate that people eat their cruciferous vegetables, which are <laughs> the non-starchy ones. Like Brussels sprout, broccoli, cauliflower. That's what we live on. I was like, I can't cut these out. This is our entire life. (laughs) Yes. It is best to steam them or to roast them, to cook them in some way, just a flash steam instead of raw. You can have raw, but just not as often as you're having cooked. Okay. And as far as the goitrogenic effect, which is what the concern was, it's actually blocking iodine. So there's that. Interesting. So final thought is, um, I'm going to list off a few of these and I, this may be from your webpage, but, uh, from your Instagram, which we are going to link, which is at Whitney C dot the T H E dot R D on Instagram. And we will put this all in the show notes. Um, Fabulous resource. So some things to look for are bloating, breast tenderness, low sex drive, mood swings, weight gain, anxiety, trouble sleeping. These are a few symptoms of estrogen dominance. Is this correct? Mm -hmm. So that was something that I found really interesting. And before we jump into talking about what your program has to offer, I just wanted to check in so we can once more touch on the kind of hierarchy of how to doctor through this. So you go to your general practitioner, he or she ain't that interested in the story you're selling. What is our net? They're like, sure, we'll check your TSH. And you're like, Mm -hmm. so do you say to them, could you, which I actually called my doctor back after my appointment and was like, hey, I forgot to bring up, I need you to add a TPO to my labs. Could you put that on there? So you go to your doctor. He says, fine, I'll run your TSH, but I don't think you need to say, could you additionally run? And what would you say? Could you additionally run this, 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 and this? What would your testing be? Free T3, free T4. TPO antibodies. T3, T4, TPO antibodies. Okay, perfect. And I think that is a big help. And then so say your doctor says everything looks fine. And at you, what people don't realize and what I also didn't realize is you can also 
Quest Now, back when I was doing all this testing, you didn't really have access to all this stuff. Now you can just print it off yourself and do the research and be like, don't always pay attention to the optimal range Mm -hmm. that you see on your test reports because the general range they give you in the report doesn't necessarily mean that you are where you need to be. When I went to the hormone specialist, she was like, yeah, this is where the doctor wants to see you is in this like, okay range. We want to see you outside of this range here, here, and here for optimal performance. And so say your doctor isn't interested, what other avenues does someone have to go down? Obviously, you will be a resource, which we will share. But is what other sort of practitioner could they see to get help if their GP isn't interested? Uh, some chiropractors can do okay. it. And mm-hmm. then not just GPs, but um, like naturopaths. <gasps> Good one. Okay. Yeah. So then, and then that's what Genesis. Not not that this is a huge change from a GP, but you know, people don't know about DOs. So (gasps) love a a DO. Yeah, a DO is like middle ground and considered your conventional kind of covered by insurance doctor. Yeah. So they can be great. Usually more open minded. So what people? So will you tell people what a DO is for people that aren't familiar with a DO? Yes, a DO is a doctor of osteopathy, and they are conventionally trained in a way that they go to medical school for four years, just like an Mm -hmm. MD. However, they have more holistic training. They are um, recognized as a normal, you know, physician in the United States, anyhow. And um, whereas naturopaths, unfortunately, it's a state by state thing. So they may or may not be able to accept insurance. Usually they don't. Um, <laughs> Jenna's yeah, like I preaching paid to the, out the wazoo for it. Yeah. I, I mean, see it's a worth DO it because I'm cheap, but Jenna's yeah. in the naturopath. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it's, it, but it is pricey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that is, and it's a huge point to bring up because it's a it's a barrier for people to find mm-hmm. care, and just like you know, most dietitians unfortunately can't accept insurance for things like what I cover because mm-hmm. insurance doesn't pay for it. They mm-hmm. only cover chronic diseases that are not con- like this isn't considered a chronic disease, a thyroid right. problem, which is crazy because it's one so in eight crazy. women has one, yeah. <laughs> and like one but- in eight women can't like me it's not a chronic disease but I can't get off the floor and you're gonna drop your baby like this isn't a chronic disease please Jesus help me (laughs) and that it's so prevalent that it's not just a part of the annual checkup for everyone across the board I completely agree Mm -hmm. it's bananas that we're just out here one in eight of us just struggling to feel like what is wrong with me I'm not the mom I thought I would be and your body is literally fighting itself to like function and I want to add one more in there I see a midwife pretty much for everything I don't really have like a primary care and so that's at least here in Virginia covered under insurance and so I've been able to slip some thyroid tests through her (laughs) and that's been very helpful I just at my annual checkup Um, And one thing she does that I'm sure you do as well, and I think it's great, is she's been tracking my thyroid over the years. And so she can see that's rad. that, yes, you're in, quote, normal range, but your range is, I guess it's, I might be completely wrong, declining, or the numbers are going down. And so that indicates, like, we really need to watch this. And so I've been very appreciative of her. (laughs) Yes, that's great. Uh, Trending everything is important because... Sometimes it is age related. I mean, we're all not at the point where our thyroid should be declining. So I'm talking like, like menopause and beyond. It's normal for the numbers to go up and the person to still feel good. 
but so trending can also, you can start to correlate it with other conditions. Like, did I become anxious and depressed around this time? And has it kind of stuck? Did I start to have GI issues around this time where I was like experiencing gas or bloating, or I got food poisoning, and then it like changed the trajectory of my labs? Because that's a really easy way to see where you start first at finding a solution. This is amazing. I love all of this. Okay, but we also want to touch on, so Whitney is going to be running, what are you calling this? I'm going to call it your master class, but I'm sure you have a different name for it. And then will you tell us a little bit about what you have coming out? And it's probably going to correlate really closely to when this episode is released. So let Mm -hmm. us know the dates and what you are offering if people want to dig more deeply into this. So I'm offering a short workshop. It's um, a root cause discovery workshop for people to kind of do what we've gone over, which is using a tool that I use and that most medical providers use to figure out where problems are in the body systems. So we go through that and then we will uh, help everyone. You know, I'll be discussing kind of what goes through my mind when I'm reading over someone's form and help them to figure out what questions they need to be asking themselves, what questions they need to be asking their doctor. And it, you know, draws out a map essentially of what body systems are most affected. So they can say, this is what's going on and think about like this happened then, and maybe we can test this. And then if their doctor Mm -hmm. shuts them down, okay, time to move on. Yeah, Find a new doctor, find a new adjunct provider, like a dietitian or chiropractor, or, you know, sometimes other practitioners, depending on the states can order labs, but functional medicine practitioners are usually the way to go to dig deeper. You'll be meeting with people one-on-one through this class. So this is, this is a live workshop that I'm launching on September 9th and anyone can register. So the landing page will be up to register for that on my Instagram and on uh, my website. So I'll have a link from my Instagram for anyone who's listening. And uh, so they can then register for that. And it kind of gives them a taste of who I am and what I do. And then I'm also launching a full-blown 12-week program to go over everything related to diet, lifestyle, environment, all of the triggers that can be related to autoimmune disease in general and specifically Hashimoto's. And then going through the opportunity for them to self-order labs and then figure out what exactly is going on with their thyroid and then see, so I cannot prescribe medication, but see if they need to um, either get on medication, change their medication, fix their gut, um, do things that are lifestyle related that help them maybe with converting that T4 to T3 or um, whatever it is that they need to do based on what they learn in the program. Which is amazing because I don't think people also realize you can self-order labs and then you can take those labs on a sheet of paper and let that sheet of paper advocate for you and say, Mm -hmm. look it, I self-ordered these labs and this, this, and this is wrong and I need medicine for it. A doctor cannot really argue that when you slap down a piece of paper that says that I'm too high here and too low here. So you don't need Whitney to write you a prescription. You just need her to, like we always say on this podcast, help you with the trail of breadcrumbs to get to your doctor to get to the end goal, which is what we want to touch on. And what I think we should end with is I'll talk about mine. Whitney can talk about hers. When I was laying on the floor, not able to even get off the floor with my babies and they were climbing all over me. And I told my husband, please just take them downstairs and start breakfast. I do not even have the energy to stand up right now. And now I have the energy that I need for everything. And I feel, I mean, I still have anxiety and depression. Sorry, that's just who I am. But 
I am mostly functional. I am not falling asleep randomly. I, for the most part, I'm living a really healthy life. And so will you talk a little bit? So you were skin and bones, hair falling out, almost dropping your baby. And now what does life look like having gone through the procedure you needed to, to get to a healthier place with your thyroid health? Uh, I have great energy levels. I am on medication. I am on Synthroid. Uh, my dose is stable. I just ran a 10 K. I awesome. <laughs> can do what I want to do when I want to do it. I have two kids that are very healthy and are exhausting um, so if I'm tired, Amen. it's their fault. <laughs> hundred, it's not my thyroid's fault. It's their fault. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, my skin is healthy. I don't have the issues that I had with acne or with dry skin, like yes. mysterious. Why is my face peeling off? Why that are my wild, knees almost right? bleeding? It's all of the mm. things. So, and that's not just from going on medication. That's diet and lifestyle. I am mm-hmm. gluten-free. I'm very yeah. low dairy. You have to do it all. My products are clean. Just it's mm-hmm. it's an undertaking and it takes time. It is, yeah. but to be able to go from not getting off the floor or climbing up on the side of your baby's crib to a functional lifestyle, women beat themselves up for so many things. Can we not add our thyroid trying to screw us over to the list of things that we feel like we need to beat ourselves up over because this isn't our fault? If you are exhausted and your hair is falling out and you have these symptoms, this isn't on you and it's fixable and one in eight women is experiencing it with you and we just want to bring it to light. And so I am super duper duper excited for your workshop and I will be Mm -hmm. waiting patiently for it to begin. And we'll link up um, all the registration on the page. Jenna, did you have any more questions? Yeah. um, Is your workshop just for women or men as well? It's for men as well. It's for anyone who has a thyroid condition. Okay, perfect. And in that, I know you preach a lot about clean skincare, household products, which amen, because I am an avid believer. Is that something you go over as well with people? Oh, perfect. Jenna's going to be Jenna's like, and now I'm in the class. <laughs> well, I'm going to sign up everyone because that's something I don't think a lot of people realize is these things you're putting on your body and these things you're putting in your body in terms of food and surrounding yourself with daily, how they impact your body in the long term, And it's something that my husband and I believe wholeheartedly in. And yeah, you guys are amazing at that. I'm 50% yeah. good at it. And I 50% yeah. <laughs> need improvement. So I'm so into that idea. Right. We're like our kids only sleep on organic surfaces, organic pajamas, because it's such a big organ. It's going into their whole body and people just think we're crazy. So I'm going to be like, here, take her class. She's they think you're crazy because they know how much you spent on those organic mattresses. That's true. <laughs> Which I'm sure you know as well. I'm like, y'all can have y'all can have an organic mattress cover. You're getting the plastic mattress. Right. (laughs) So I love that you do the investment. Yes. I love that you do the whole approach and not just say, okay, it's clearly thyroid. Let's get on medication and address that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's address everything in your lifestyle, everything, because it doesn't just stop with your thyroid. Like you fix your thyroid. If you don't fix all these other issues in your life, then more things are gonna just sprout up throughout life. 
as yeah. like, like another autoimmune disease. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. I had no idea Graves mm-hmm. was con- a part of this. I'm, mm-hmm. I've learned so much. And this is, we'll link, I already said, we'll link Whitney's um, IG. Start scrolling through that. And if things start to pop up and speak to you, know that you're not alone. As she said, one in eight women is experiencing this and men experience this as well. And just know that there's a workshop that's going to be open to you. There's a class that's going to be open to you. And you can also take these gifts that she has given us in what testing you need because I paid a lot of money (laughs) to go to a hormone specialist and get these tests run because my doctors weren't giving me answers. And my sweet Mm -hmm. husband was like, babe, you are something is wrong with your hormones. You need to go in. And I had these panels run and my mind was blown and everything was misfiring. I had a full-blown estrogen dominance. She's one of the things, she was like, your testosterone is the lowest I've ever seen in a woman your age that exercises like you do. And so I was able to fix all of that, but the thyroid is going to be a lifelong thing in this Hashimoto's that I'd never even heard of until a month ago. And now it's just, it's a really exciting avenue for people that have felt really hopeless in a disease that you maybe didn't know even had a name. And we feel very fortunate that you were able to come and tell us about it. And we are really looking forward to your class. We're so into this stuff. I'm just really excited for this. Um, The thyroid program is called the Thyroid Healing Collective. And there will also be a Facebook community so that people can chat and share tips and share tools and whatever it may be, what's working, what's not. So, right. I want everyone to group think as well and provide support oh, have to be that. collaborative and supportive well oh thanks gosh, for thank you for your time us. yes thank you so much it's and we will be looking forward me. to you you're never getting rid of us because we're going to be in all your classes <laughs> and on your we instagram are. page jenna will like every post that's what she I does probably will <laughs> Aww. Hi, well thanks will. i appreciate the support and i love teaching everyone so thanks. you're so great seeing, seeing everyone like you two doing better that's what keeps me going hearing right. the positivity and that you want to make changes and that you are making changes and that you're feeling changes. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, get your tests ordered, (laughs) call your doctor, (laughs) call your therapist and take your meds. 